What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chop It Up with your host, Pasquale, the podcast to help you grow yourself, grow your business, and most importantly, grow your hair. So it's been a while, guys. Um, we've had a lot of a lot of work, a lot of work to be done. So I took a little step back on the podcast. Um, we're back here. We have some new concepts that we want to bring in. I know I've been speaking about them for a while, but you can imagine that uh, sometimes life doesn't go as planned. And that's actually the word that I want to discuss today, planned, okay? Because at the end of the day, we all get up every day. We all go to sleep every day. Now, the question is, do we have a plan? And I guess it's normal at one point to not have a plan and kind of run through things. And that's what I want to talk about today. When I first started off, and I say first started off, I believe I started working at the age of 13 years old. I started working in a little grocery store and I always had a plan for say, okay? It wasn't a very detailed plan, but I had objectives that I wanted to get to. And so I want you to know that there's a difference between having a plan and having objectives because we all have objectives. Objectives are goals. They're easy to set. We want to have something. Now, the question is, once we set those goals, the plan is what makes us get to those goals, right? And that's one thing that's always been a little bit um, forgotten, I feel, for myself. And so I talked to you today because... When I was 13 years old, I worked in a grocery store. I had no idea what I wanted to be, where I wanted to go. I did know one thing though. I did know that I wanted to own a house. I would always tell my father, I'm working. I'm going to work hard because I want to own a house. Now, as I just finished explaining, that house is the goal. But what was the plan to getting there, right? So in some type of way, my plan was to work as hard as I possibly could. But I didn't know the details of that plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know where I was going to head. Um, and it kind of led me to basically just working. And that's what I knew. And I, I put in the, t I mean, I don't know many 13 year olds that would go out and, and work in the summer five days a week. I would, you know, get in the car with my dad six o'clock in the morning. We'd head to the grocery store at the time. My father had a, was a partner in a grocery store and I would go out and work there. And I made $20 a day. I'll never forget that. He told me. I said, dad, how come everybody else is making more money in this store? And his answer was, dude, you see what you eat in the store? So I didn't pay for my food. And one day he came out and weighed my lunch sandwich. And he's like, this is a $22 sandwich. How can I pay you more than $20 a day if you probably eat $40, $50 a day, right? And this we're talking about 20, my God, 22 years ago. So just to give you guys an idea, that's where I started working. I was working in a grocery store um, And I ended up finding an actual job. I'm not going to say that working for my father wasn't an actual job, but I found an actual job where I can actually get paid some money um, <laughs> legitimately with a payslip at the end of the week. And um, I was working there. I started at the age of 14 and um, I was working there, you know, on the weekends. And this place was far from my house. So I used to take the bus every single day because I had the opportunity to get a job. And like I said, my goal was to own a house. My goal was to buy something eventually. So I go to work and yes, I would spend some money, but I would save some. Possibly not in the beginning because, you know, it's that thing where you start to have money and you can spend it for yourself. But nonetheless, not going to work was never an option. It was always 
work first and figure the rest out later, right? So as I didn't have a plan, I did realize that I was starting to set some some values, some morals, things that stayed in me without actually knowing it, right? There was no way that I can miss work. And the, the missing work thing actually comes from my father, where the first weekend where that job actually called me to go to work, I had an event. I had a skateboarding event. It was like this cool thing. They were building a half pipe in a mall. And so the boss calls me the night before the skateboarding event. And you can imagine that all my friends were going. It was like the hype thing. Everybody was so excited for the event. And he's like, can you come in tomorrow? And I'm like, no, sorry. Unfortunately, I have something. And please keep in mind, this was going to be my first shift. This was basically the chance to get the job. And you know what they do with those CVs. Once you say no, they throw it to the back of the pile or they throw it in the trash, right? So I hung up the phone. My father says, who was that? I said, oh, that was, you know, Phil from the grocery store. And he says, oh, so you're starting tomorrow. I said, no, dad, I turned it down because I have this skateboarding event. If you had seen my father's face at that moment, you would have realized that I definitely gave out a wrong answer. I definitely said something I wasn't supposed to. He made me call the guy back. I didn't go to the skateboarding event because he said that work was more important than a skateboarding event. And so I sacrificed something that was truly important to me, or at least I thought so at the time, in order to get to work. But... It was really in order to get the job, right? So I got the job. I would go to work part-time every weekend. I was in school. Turned 15, my 15th birthday. The cashier says, hey, happy birthday, Pasquale. And the manager says, oh, how old are you today? And I said, 15. And he says, come to the office. So I got fired on my 15th birthday because I wasn't allowed to work legally. Um, I mean, at least for insurance purposes until I was 16. So I got fired on my 15th birthday. Uh, That was the last day that I worked there. So I left there and I was a little bit um, disappointed, you know, but what ended up happening is, you know, I went back home and I found myself little jobs here and there, cutting grass, doing all kinds of things that can help me to amount to what I wanted to get. So as you can imagine, my 16th birthday, head back to work and um, the store is closing. So the store is closing and I'm getting transferred and luckily I'm getting transferred to one of their friend's grocery store, which happens to be right next to my house. So I start to work at this grocery store, but now what's happening is that I'm starting to realize that, hey, I'm 16 years old. I want to buy this house by the time I'm 20. And this is not cutting it. This is not enough for me, right? So I turn around and I sit back and I said, what am I going to do? I go to find another job because we have a friend that has a friend who works at Best Buy. We end up applying for this. We end up getting into Best Buy, uh, start working at Best Buy. I'm working part-time at the grocery store. And um, yeah, I'm doing both and I'm working at Best Buy and I was selling car audio. But what ended up happening is car audio wasn't cutting it for me. I wanted something better. So I started installing the car audio. I went out, I learned how to install the car audio. Um, At the same time, I finished high school and I decided to uh, go into college and I went into college and I studied marketing. So I studied marketing while I was working at Best Buy, um, that was cool. I also had actually the grocery store at the, at the same time. So simultaneously, I was working at the grocery store. I was working at Best Buy and I was in college and marketing. So you guys can imagine how cool that was. Uh, I definitely had a lot on my plate, but it seemed like all three were a priority and that was my priority. I always pushed everything else to the side. There was no excuse to miss school. There was no excuse to miss work. Those were the priorities. And so slowly, slowly, Um, I kind of met somebody that um, was in the hair industry. So we started talking. I started trying to cut my friend's hair. And that's kind of how I got into hair. And I really got into hair because 
I liked it. I enjoyed, you know, speaking with the people. I enjoy seeing the results that were given, you know, the instant gratification for the client, right? And I thought that was pretty cool. But the one thing was that when I went to work cutting hair, I was definitely not making the same type of money. And now I had responsibility. I was in a place where I definitely had to uh, build my own clientele, where I had to build my own revenue. So now I sat down and I said, okay, now I'm entirely responsible for determining how much money I'm going to be making, right? What's going to be my income? It's going to be the result of how much effort I put in to my income. So at the time, if Best Buy gave me 30 hours, I had 30 hours. When you're cutting hair, that's not the same thing. You have as many hours as you want to go get, right? So that's where I kind of sat down and said, okay, I'm onto something now because I can grow in a bigger way by doing this job. I can grow in a bigger way by getting to it. So now I started cutting hair. Um, I was taught by my old boss who kind of, you know, at the time there was no hair school for men. Um, even better, there was no YouTube. So we couldn't learn off YouTube. We couldn't just turn on a, a computer and start watching the screen and start replicating what we saw on the screen. So we had to we had to actually go intern somewhere where I passed the broom and I was being shown how to cut hair, how to treat clients. And so um, I decided to quit my Best Buy job, but I didn't do so right away. I secured an, a somewhat of an income for myself, or at least, you know, I'm going to say like the hope of an income because I saw that there was progression in my income every week and I was working part time and I decided that that's what I wanted to do. Now, being a marketing student uh, that my father used to pay for my tuition when I told my Italian immigrant father that I was quitting um, marketing for cutting hair, you can only imagine <laughs> the look on his face, right? I didn't end up quitting school. I finished school. And I was doing the haircutting at the same time. I used school as an opportunity to go get clients, to put my name out there, to bring people into my chair. But also, I was studying in marketing. So what did marketing bring me? It brought me ways to learn how to bring people in my chair, to put my name out there, to make people, to, to make money. How can I make more money? Well, I'm studying this, I'm learning it, and I'm applying it directly to what I do every day, you know, as cutting hair. So... The combination of both was actually pretty cool because then my father told me, listen, you want to go into hair? No problem. You got to go into it all the way. I don't want any excuses. I don't want to hear you working for somebody else. And so he had this perception that it was not a great thing to work for somebody else. But I think it was more so that he knew that I was able to do more because I always had this mentality. I always had this uh, hustler spirit where I thought of, you know, making an extra dollar and basically he knew that I like to put people on. Like when I was nine years old, uh, my father gave me $20 to clear the driveway at my house because it snows in Canada. And um, I basically went to see my neighbor and offered him $10 to do it. And my father freaked out because he's like, you could have made the whole 20, but you decided to give away $10 and keep $10 for yourself. So my neighbor was happy because he made $10, right? I was happy because I made $10 and I didn't have to push a shovel. That was like the worst thing for me. But then later on the day, he saw me going to the neighbor's house. And now we were shoveling everybody's driveway for $20 a driveway. So at the end of the day, I ended up with $60. And my neighbor ended up with $60 as well. And he liked shoveling and he was happy, but he was shy to go ask the people to cut their hair. So that day, my father said, this kid's going to do it, right? This kid, he, he gets it. He understands it. So from being mad at me because I sacrificed $10, he was actually proud of me because I made 60 
and I didn't have to lift the shovel, but I had to speak, but I had to market ourselves. And as much as you say market, I think life is full of sales. You know, that's what it was. We went to each door and said, hey, you know, it's me and him. We want to make some pocket money. Uh, you know, we want to go to movies and this and that. We were honest with people and, and people bought it. People bought the thing because people didn't want to, you know, take out the snow of their driveway. So my old man tells me, hey, bud, you want to cut my hair? You're going to cut my hair in your barbershop. So that's where I had to come up with a plan. That's where I had to figure, what do I want to do? I want a barbershop. How will I get to achieving that? How will I get to moving forward? How do I do something every single day that pushes the needle forward towards achieving that goal, right? So I came up with a plan. I started cutting hair. I was cutting hair at the time in a flea market. But I wanted something different. I wanted to understand differently. So I found myself a job in a hair salon. I went to work in a hair salon. And the cool thing about, you know, working in that hair salon is it definitely showed me customer service. Like what was missing from the barbershop where I worked at? We had the greatest haircuts. We had like the best vibes, you know, we had music playing. But the customer service wasn't always there. Basically, if you didn't know anybody, you couldn't really get a job there. Like you couldn't even get a... I'm not going to say you couldn't get a haircut, but you had to put your name on the board and you'd wait for like two, three hours, right? So I wanted to take that away because I would bring people in and they would complain that they had to wait. They would complain about the music. It was cursing. They didn't want to bring their kids. And the hair salon definitely showed me that there was a different aspect to cutting hair, right? So I brought customer service. I I started, I'm going to say what is one of the first uh, appointment barbershops in Montreal, which was pretty cool, which basically I brought something to the table that didn't really exist, right? And um, yeah, I opened that shop. I started cutting by myself. I was cutting day in, day out, as you guys can imagine. My first client was my father. Uh, He was very proud that day uh, because I named the shop, obviously, after my name. But if some of you don't know, Pasquale was also my grandfather's name, a man who immigrated to a different country because he came from Italy. He immigrated to Canada to start a new life, to offer better opportunities to his family, right? And so when... When I named it after my grandfather, it, it, it kind of stuck to my head how, how a man can just leave everything behind and go to a completely different country. You know, people move cities, uh, people move neighborhoods and make a big deal out of it. But, you know, going, getting on a boat, <laughs> I'm going to say a boat, but they didn't get on a boat, they did the plane. But getting on a plane and going through a whole new place where you don't even speak the language and starting a new life really inspired me. And I told myself, if he can do that... I can do bigger. And it wasn't a competition. It was more of an inspiration. And that's when I set my plan to do what I needed to do. So when I opened my first shop, obviously, it was important to get clients. So I went out there. I did everything I can possibly do. I had referral systems in place. I had events. I used to go to events. I used to always have business cards in my pocket, strike up conversation with strangers. There's a bunch of ways to go get clients out there. And that's when I didn't have to restart because I had a lot of clients that followed me from my original place. But what I did notice is quickly enough, those clients weren't used to appointments and they stopped coming because they couldn't do the appointment. So I had to restart. I had to bring in a whole new set of clients. I had to bring in a whole new clientele and and I did it and I had an overflow. So what happens when you have an overflow, you end up having to, you need help. And that's why I hired my first barber, right? And then we got overflow for him and we got overflow for the second person to tell myself, hey, this is cool. You know, I own a barbershop, um, but I don't own the building. 
So I changed my plan again. I'm like, now I need to buy a building in order to nest my barbershop, in order to pay myself. Instead of paying a landlord, I want to pay myself. So I found a beautiful location. Um, I went in. I made an offer on it. The offer was accepted. I found out some stuff afterwards that I definitely had a lot of work to do. It was an empty space. I had to install all the electricity, all the lighting, the air conditioning. It was a full, 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 full job. Uh, which was absolutely crazy, which today when I look at it, I'm absolutely proud of it. I own I own a piece of one of Montreal's busiest cities, uh, busiest streets, excuse me. Um, and it's cool. It's cool to think about it. And sometimes we, we have a tendency to forget certain things like that. And we look back at things and we're like, hey, you know, I started off as wanting to cut hair in my parents' garage. And now I own a freaking property um, on one of the busiest streets in Montreal simply from setting plans, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And it's funny enough, because when I bought this property, I actually bought my first uh, personal condo where I lived at the age of 24 years old. And um, certain circumstances brought me to have to sell it when I was 28. So I sold it when I was 28. And with that money, I wanted to buy myself another condo to live in. But I decided not to do so I decided to actually rent an apartment that was cheaper that was, you know, in a basement, nothing fancy. But I went on and bought that commercial property. And, you know, that wasn't part of the plan in the beginning. You know, things kind of happened. Things kind of got roughed up. But I made it work, you know, because the commercial property to me was more important than my personal property. Because at the end of the day, if I'm going to run business, I'd rather run business in a place where I pay myself than where I pay somebody else, right? And these are all things that I had to grind, that I had to learn myself. Uh, You know, I did have some mentors at the time, but it's not like it is today. I feel like back then... It was kind of like I was self-taught. I had my father that definitely pushed me around. Uh, He definitely motivated me. But my father was not a barber. My father knew nothing of the hair industry. He definitely knew a thing or two about business. But he definitely showed me that, hey, if you want something, you've got to work, you know. And every day I stood there and I always thought of my first job. Every time something got hard, I always told myself, do you remember not going to that skateboarding event because you wanted a job? (laughs) I I, I did want a job, but why did I want that job? I wanted that job because I wanted to buy that house. And then when I bought that house, you know, I got, I got motivated to buy something else and so and so. So you see how sometimes these little things that we do can lead to a much bigger image, right? Um, I had a plan. I had a game, you know, game plan fully set up. Let's go. Let's move. Let's open more locations. COVID happens. Canada goes to shit. Everything gets really, really hard, right? What did I do during COVID? Did I sit there and wait? No. I restarted again. I built another business. I started a pizza business with my wife. We would sell pizzas out of, at the time, my two-bedroom apartment when we're waiting for our condo. And um, we had no choice. We had to get things moving. I didn't want to lose my business because I worked so goddamn hard for it. Uh, We were closed for nearly 11 months and I had to find a way to pay the bills, right? Because everybody said, oh, the government's helping, the government's helping. Surprise, surprise, that's bullshit. Um, The government helped but took it back. The government always gave a hand, but there was always something behind that hand, right? So a lot of people got money from the government that were contacted a year later saying they owe money. So let's not get back into that subject. That was a, you know, it was a weird time. So what did I do? Now I'm brought back to how my grandfather felt when he was in Italy, right? There's a reason why they left Italy. Italy is a beautiful country, uh, but definitely there was no financial opportunity. And as I'm looking at this, you know, Canadian COVID story unfold, I'm telling myself, I don't think this is going to end well, right? 
And I always had this dream at the back of my head to move to Florida. Florida was a place for me that it's like, hey, I'm on vacation and I live here. And so I headed out. I went through a bit of a, you know, a bit of a depression. I've, I've spoken about this in previous episodes. I came out to Florida and um, again, I had a plan. My plan was to buy, my plan was actually to open a barbershop right next to my house. Plan didn't go accordingly. So I had to find, you know, restructure. And I had the plan of opening, of buying another location that was 10 minutes away from my house. And once again, things happened. Plan didn't go accordingly. So, you know, then I'm like, okay, how, how are we going to do this? And I kept digging, kept digging. And I found another barbershop that I could have bought that now was 40 minutes away from my house. And that worked out. But, you know, the plan doesn't always go accordingly. But my goal now was to secure a business, was to buy a business in order to obtain papers to live in the United States of America, which I did, which it didn't go accordingly. But I had a goal. I had an objective. And now once I've reached that objective, now I have the papers. Now I have another goal. My goal was to open up another location. And I told everybody around me that within within one year of taking over this first barbershop, I would open my second location. And what happened six months later, day for day, I signed the second location. All right. So why am I saying this here? I'm saying this here because I've done all this by myself. Um, I did have, you know, I, I do have the opportunity of being part of a an amazing mentorship group uh, with some of the best business people in the world. And I have to say that, you know, they definitely showed me that creating your plan and creating a detailed plan will mostly help, will very much help. But you always have to consider having somebody that has done that before in order to guide you in the right direction, right? So the way I look at this all the time is I wish that all this was available for me when I started out, when I started in business, because nobody really did what I did. I don't know. Uh, and, and again, I'm not bragging because this is this is a very stressful time. These are this This is always stressful times. Anybody that says that owning a business is Oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah, it's absolutely fucking cool. But guess what? It's even more stressful. Every single day, I go through a certain amount of stress. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but you know, when you own businesses in two different countries that you need to take a plane to get from one location to another, there's definitely a stress level that's added on to there. But guess what? I'll take it because that's what I want because that's my goal. My goal is to build something bigger. My goal is to see a vision that most people can't even dream of, all right? So when I put it out there, when I say that this is what I want, I'm executing a plan right now. I have a detailed plan of where I'm headed and I want you to do the same. I want you to think of what it is that you want, okay? And if you want something, you have to do what you need to do to get there. But don't go about it randomly. Don't go about it sitting there and say, what can I do today in order to get to where I wanna be? You know what I do every morning and I started doing this again last week because I got a bit lost, right? Because opening this new location took a lot of juice from me, took a lot of hours from me. And sometimes what happens, you need to reset. So I took a couple of days, I took a step back and I said, okay, now I need to reset, refocus, center and move, right? So every day I mark five tasks that I need to do for myself. Okay, this is actually inspired from Andy Frisella. He's um, probably one of the biggest business people that I know. Definitely somebody that I look up to. It's called a power list. So every day I put myself five objectives, five things that I need to do that day in order to win my day, okay? 
And so I do this the night before. So every night before going to bed, I fill out this list. I take my clothes. I prepare my clothes for the next day so that when I wake up, I know that I have things to do, right? And if I achieve those things in the morning before noon, I can chill the rest of my day. I can choose to chill the rest of my day or I can choose to go out to the shop, help. I can choose to go hand out business cards. Let me tell you one thing. We opened a new location under a new name. So for those of you who don't know, my shops in Montreal were called uh, Chez Pasquale, are called Chez Pasquale. Um, the shop that I purchased here in Florida was called Blurry Fades Barbershop, which is in Royal Palm Beach. And now I opened a new location in Delray Beach that is now called Rosato. Okay, Rasato. Rasato is shaved in Italian. Um, it's kind of an homage to where I'm from, but also it's a wink to barbering. I think barbers, Italian barbers are definitely a classic. So we're positioning ourselves in a place where we want an upscale clientele. We want people that know what they want, that people that like intricate haircuts, details, um, and all that stuff, right? So that being said, we're actually rebranding the Royal Palm location uh, to Rosado because we had some, <laughs> for lack of better words, bullshit um, with the previous uh, owner who kind of kept the name and strung it along. But, you know, we're going to have another episode about honesty and uh, transparency, but we won't talk about that today. But my goal is that now, you know, I have four locations. I have four barbershops in two different countries. I have amazing people working with me, and I definitely want to make those people better because the better those people become, the better I become. But I need to be accountable. I need to show these people how it's done, and I bring people, and I love to see them grow. I love to see them, you know, excel in what they do. And most importantly... I love to see them appreciating coming to work every day because we, let's be real, cutting hair, it's a beautiful business. It's a beautiful thing. I always tell people, I cut somebody's hair yesterday, actually. His name is Kelsey. He's from uh, the Arte group that I'm a part of. And we spoke for like 45 minutes and I didn't have, I actually wasn't even working yesterday. I went in just to cut his hair and, and we spoke for 45 minutes. And when I finished the haircut, I told him, I said, you know why I love this job? Because first of all, <laughs> your hair was long. Now it's shorter. I made you look beautiful. You're ready to go. He, he calls himself the Florida man now because I gave him like some type of a mullet. And I got to speak to somebody that's really, really knowledgeable and got to exchange great conversation with somebody. And at the end of it all, I got paid. So I get paid. He leaves happy. I got great conversation. I built such a network through cutting hair because you cut people in your chair. You don't know who they are when they book that appointment. But the more you cut them, the more you talk to them. And I always talk about the importance of building relationships with our clients because you never know who you have in your chair. I'm not telling you that you have to cut people to take advantage of them. But when you put out, when you put yourself out there, when you put out your personality and you start speaking to people and people buy into who you are, that can lead to great opportunities. And I always say that, you know, if you're going to cut hair, do it properly. You know, be the best at cutting hair. But be the best at customer service. Be the best at being a people person and give everything you have into your service because that's what will bring the people back. That's what will make them come back. That's what will make them refer you to other people. I'm going through it right now with this new shop. You know, it's definitely a new brand. Like I said, uh, we're in a new location. We had, it's, it used to be a barbershop. It's an older gentleman's barbershop. So we're trying to rebrand that where we're cool for young gentlemen we give the classic haircuts, but we also give the new school haircuts with the premium service, right? So we definitely have a lot of work to do. But what I do, I go out every day and I hand out business cards every single day. And I go to the right people in my area. I don't care. I'll walk into a gym. Hey, who's the owner here? Oh, nice to meet you. 
can I get you a complimentary haircut? I want to cut your hair because you're my neighbor because, you know, we never know where this can lead. I don't know who you are. You don't know who I am. Cool, Pasquale. Nice to meet you. I'll definitely come for a haircut. You know what? Why don't you come in for a free workout? Try out my gym. Let's see how this works, right? And that's what networking is. It's building something, right? And that's my plan now. So I want to build something great. But guess what? There's other people out there that want to build something great as well. And if I can align myself with those people, if I can meet with those people, that's why I don't believe in hate. I don't believe in bad blood. Some people definitely um, look for that bad blood, but that's not my problem. That's their problem. I'm just out here trying to build an amazing team with amazing people. And I've realized that my calling in barbering is to make sure that every single barber in the industry upholds a certain standard, that every single barber in the industry can learn how to treat a client the right way in order to get to the right place, right? Because a lot of barbers are, you know, finished barbering school, finished hair school, and don't necessarily know where they're headed with that. And that's the problem. Because we see stuff in hair school, we don't get the rundown of how hard the actual business can be. And that leads to a lot of people just wanting to quit because they think that they can't make it. They think they don't have it. But the truth is, if you follow a plan, if you follow a solid plan from somebody who's done it before, why would you fail? I definitely pride myself in saying that I've contributed and I will be contributing to the barbering industry like no other. It's not just the question of likes. It's not just the question of follows. It's so much more than social media. People forget the importance of going out there and talking to people and get out of the back of your screen because there's you can't do a haircut through some of you guys Photoshop, but that's not what I'm talking about. You need to get out there. You need to go speak to people. You need to introduce yourself. You need to network. And that's how you're going to build your clientele. I can't hear it from people that say, oh, it's slow today. No, it's slow because you're not doing what you need to do. And trust me, you need help, reach out to me. I'll definitely help you. There's ways to get there, but you need to put in the work. So what I'm saying today is that I come from a place where today I sit down and I look back because it gets hard sometimes. Don't get me wrong. It's going to get hard. It's normal. You're going to want to quit. But I sit down and I tell myself, where did I come from? I was getting paid $20 a day in a grocery store when I was 13 years old to today. I now own four barbershops in two different countries. I have an amazing team of people behind me and I just want to help the barbering industry get better. Okay. So guys, thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget, you need to have a plan. You need to have a detailed plan. It's one thing to have goals, but you need to set a plan to obtain those goals and achieve what you need to achieve, all right? So you guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. You guys have a great day.